Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses and the do-it-yourselfers who like to have your own hands on the levers. If you're one or more of the above, and many of our listeners, in fact, are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing, and serve from the intersection of your brilliance and passion at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, check us out on iTunes. Do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe and get fresh content every single week in addition to over 225 episodes on a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. Every five-star rating is appreciated and helps us serve more business creators just like you. Today's episode is one of those ones that really excites me because, as I say in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, speed sells, waiting is a waste. And part of the creation story behind the Groundhog book is the fact that even though I had been developing pieces of content for about a year and a half and I had all these blog posts and unpublished articles and all other kinds of stuff that I could collate into a narrative and smooth out, the fact is, is I did about 80% of the manuscript creation over the course of one long weekend. And we hear a lot of things about writing a book in a weekend, writing a book in a day. I know the creators of some of those courses, uh, what they teach is perfectly legitimate and awesome stuff, and I know people that benefited greatly from it. But I'm going to ask you as the listener if you would like to write a book in a single day. After having gone through creating the Groundhog book, I'd love to do my next book in a single day. That would save me a lot of grief. And uh, how about creating a daily podcast to promote your online business like an unstoppable machine. The Business Creators Radio Show is weekly because our episodes tend to go very deep. They're 60-minute episodes, and we get really in-depth. And that's why you're going to love this episode today, because we are going to get very in-depth with these concepts of writing a book in a single day and creating a daily podcast to promote your online business like an unstoppable machine. And I am so, I'm going to say geeked, because I have with me today Robert Plank, my good friend Robert Plank. He's the backup creator guy is how a lot of you guys know him for what you've seen on the Business Creators Radio Show and if you've seen his interview inside the Business Creators Toolkit. And just to give you a little bit of background on Robert, he's an online business coach um, who uh, works with you to help you manage your time, get your life back, and simplify your daily activities. Using systems, checklists, and templates, he'll show you how to write a book within an hour. Wow, an hour and become a published author within 12 hours. Cool. Set up a membership site in a single day. He'll help you with that. Uh, Create a blog or podcast in five minutes or less, and so much more. So, Robert, come on board. All right. I am here. It is party time. Let's do it. I like party time. Now, Robert, I know you're one of our listeners, and, uh, and so you know the first thing we do is we like to take a step back before we get into the main content. I read off the official bio that you supply, but what we like to do is just for our listeners who are getting to know you, go back a little bit and hear a bit about your personal journey 
and what has brought you to where you are today, how you serve entrepreneurs and business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and passion. All right, happy to do it. Well, basically, I'm one of those computer programming geeks. Uh, computer, like, I'm sure that you've had this sort of sort of moment in school where, like, you know, you'd go and you'd do like, you know, PE class or history class or English class, and it would just yep. be like sort of the same old stuff. But then once I got into computer classes, if there was a textbook, I would just blow through it. If there was an assignment right. to do in class that took, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, I would do 10 assignments. And so it was just one of these areas where, like, for whatever reason, uh, it just made my brain catch on fire. I was really good at it. I was really fast at it. But the problem with computer programming is with being, you know, like a, a code monkey, you're basically a mechanic for the computer. And so if I were to pursue a career in computer programming, I'd make, you know, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand. And if I had wanted to move up, I'd have to get into like, you know, the business stuff, the management stuff. I might have to move to Silicon Valley and be part of a startup, which I didn't want to do. So when I was 17 years old or so, I had figured out computer programming and I needed a way to, you know, make enough money from that to live. And then that's where internet marketing came into play. And so I partnered with a couple of guys who uh, wanted to me to create a link tracker for them. And that took most of the summer of my senior year. We put it out. It made $8,000 its first day. So my cut of that was 2000 bucks. So pretty good for a 17 year old. And, but then yes. that relationship uh, fell apart as sometimes relationships do. Sometimes people kind of have different expectations or they kind of, you know, want to, once they see the money coming in, they want to just, you know, grab the business and have it for themselves. And so things like that happened. And it led me to freelancing, to, you know, going to, to some business owners, some marketers and saying, well, what kind of a plug-in, what sort of software would you want me to create for you? And that was a good way to make ends meet for a while. I could get, you know, 600 bucks, sometimes 1500 bucks for about a week's worth of work, but then the money would be gone and I'd have to go, you know, start from scratch looking again. And at the same time, I saw a lot of these marketers taking the software that they'd pay me 1000 or $2,000 for and turn around and have this huge launch and make 50,000 bucks in a day. And I'd be like, whoa, like I've got to get it on this, uh, some of this stuff for myself. So that led to figuring out this internet marketing stuff, uh, creating a email list and marketing that and selling my own products and having an affiliate program and blogging and all that stuff, all the things that, that we as business owners need to have out of necessity in order to you know, have the traffic coming in, make the money so that way the sky is the limit and that way we don't have to just trade hours for dollars. So that's, that's kind of what led me here. Right. And, you know, I've seen – some of the things you've done over the years. And as you well know, I've been recommending the backup creator plugin for years. Uh, inside the Business Creators Toolkit, you did that outstanding presentation on how to use the backup creator not only to protect and defend your WordPress websites and to quickly move them from one host to another if you need to change your web hosting, but also as a way of templating a push-button business. It was one of the best presentations we've ever had. In fact, it was so good I had to re-promote it after we did it because my initial marketing didn't even do it justice. That's how much value you gave us. Awesome. Glad to do it. And, uh, and it, yeah, you're making me think back to that, that presentation. And uh, a big thing of it, so that was a one-hour webinar presentation. And, and that uh, is a really good example of 
trying to add the marketing spice to things, right? Because it's really tempting to say, you know, I've got this book or this course or this piece of software I'm selling, and let me show you some of the features. Let me show you the tabs. And as, you know, if you're the one, if it's your product, it, that seems like common sense, right, to like show off some of the cool things that you thought of, but it turns out that people right. don't actually care about that, right? They care more about the, the use cases. They care about uh, all the amazing things that, that your software will enable them to do to, you know, save or make money, save time, save money too, uh, all these different things. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's uh, – so if anyone out there uh, has watched or listened to that webinar replay inside your toolkit, like that's – that's the thing that everyone needs to be doing is taking these things that we sell that on on the surface might be kind of boring and making it exciting by involving the people that we're selling it to and saying, well, I'm giving you this plugin and not not just because it does those cool things, but once you use it, you know, use Backup Creator to flip websites, use Backup Creator to make a website the way that you want it, and then when you create site number two, you start from a template. And so, uh, so yeah, that was my mindset with, with that presentation. Yeah, uh, I remember that presentation, and you uh, you had your slides out, and you were talking through it, and I think we're at about minute 30, and I'm thinking to myself, well, where did we get to the point where he demonstrates the backup creator? But you were laying a lot of groundwork that helped people understand the backup creator and appreciate it in a much more profound way than simply that WordPress plugin you put in that takes a copy of your website and sucks it up onto their Amazon account once a week, or sucks it onto their other server once a week, and... Uh, I got to tell you, the response we got from that uh, was just incredible in terms of how many people went and bought it and came up with ideas to use it. It was really great. So with that in mind, uh, you know, in your experience, your many years of experience, what do people usually get wrong when it comes to things like writing, podcasting, and content creation? I think where they get wrong is they take too long to do it. And they leave it undone. They, they, uh, I mean, like the, the sort of traps that that you see people or that I see people falling into is they say, I want to, I want to have this blog, and I'm going to post to it all the time. And what do they do? They go, they go in, they spend, you know, the next couple of weeks uh, creating 10 pieces of content, and maybe there's like 20 more half-finished draft posts, and they post it all on the blog. And then you fast forward to month number two, month number three, and it's total ghost town. You fast forward to month number six or month number 12, and the blog is completely taken down. And the same thing with the podcast. Uh -huh. I mean, podcasting is easier than blogging because you can just record it, speak it out, it's done. But people get hung up on all the little details. They need to plan out their next 50 episodes. They need to get the audio just right. And they let all the, the self-doubt and the perfectionism creep in. Next thing you know, they did all this work, didn't actually put things out there. So I think that you know it's it's such an important message. We can't say it enough that you need to put things out there that are imperfect. I mean, there are you know nationally mass market paperback published books with typos in them, so it's okay for you to have yep. typos too. Just get the dang thing out there. You can edit it later. Yeah, inside my Groundhog book, I talk about the principle of white line fever and why typos happen no matter what you do. And listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show that we know that we've been here for oh goodness, we're going on four and a half years already. We've been around for a long time, and we've done well over 225 episodes. We don't have an opening bumper. We don't have a closing bumper, and uh, we, use, uh, we use basically what sounds like an AM signal 
to make these things happen. And people said, well, you know, you should really, you know, use Skype and you should pay a professional. I don't care. You know, what matters to me is that we deliver great content. And I want to be an inspiration to those out there who uh, really want to move very quickly, move at a very reasonable budget and be able to go and create great content and do it consistently. What I'm most proud of with the Business Creators Radio Show is we've been consistent for four and a half years. We have never missed a week. We've always had great guests. We've always had great content. We've always come through. Uh, we are older than most of the podcasts that I follow. So that's what I'm really proud of. And, you know, you make a great point that, uh, about, uh, you know, people well, trying to plan, 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 plan. But what I'm hearing is that what's important is that you implement, 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 and get stuff out there and own it as you go along. Yeah, I mean, when you overplan – your brain, you, you play tricks on yourself. It's easy to plan out all this stuff, and then you end up tricking yourself into thinking that you did all this work. And because you used your imagination to think about how your blog or your podcast will look in a year from now, then you've already taken yourself on that journey. And you think, oh, I did all that. I'm so tired. And it's like, well, no, you, you just time traveled a little bit. You just ha had a dream, and you need to – if you have a plan, that's great, but – don't let the plan get away from you. Have a plan in place so that you just have the bare minimum in place. And so what that means is you can launch a podcast with just one audio episode. And like you said, without all those nice-to-haves like music and a bumper. And, I mean, for me, one thing that I need to add to my podcast are social media graphics. That way I can get some extra juice from Instagram and LinkedIn. But those – I'm not going to let the nice-to-have like that hold me back from actually – having a podcast. So, I mean, all you'd have to do to have a podcast for anyone out there is just uh, hit the record button, talk for five minutes about yourself and your business and why you got started. There you go. Call it a day, submit it to iTunes. And now that it's submitted and it's in place, people can find it. People can subscribe to it. When it comes time to put out episode number two of your podcast, now you're in a much better place because you don't have to scramble and figure out all the setup. Same thing with your blog, right? Just focus on just right. that one initial blog post. I mean, heck, grab a video off of YouTube or something for your first post because at least that way you have that thing set up, and then you can go and create uh, post number two, post number three. And as it relates to this thing called a book, I think the, the minimum on, on, uh, Amazon, on Amazon Kindle and CreateSpace is like 25 pages of a book. So if you had a book and right. the first page was the, uh, like a title page, Another page was a table of contents. Uh, you know, if right. you had huge print, lots of stuff spaced out, you, you wouldn't have the best book in the world, but you'd have a book that uh, gets it done. And so, um, you know, there's all these there's ways that you can get tripped up and, and, you know, sabotage yourself, but it's easier to edit crap than air. And for years and years, I delayed even having a book because I, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to change it later on. I thought to myself, well, it has to be, completely perfect and typo-free because once I have the book on there, I can't re-upload the revised version, can I? turns out that you can, right? turns out that you can put yep. the, that first draft of your book online, and at least that gives you a book that is listed on Amazon, someone can buy, and if you find that typo, then you can just re-upload the, the Word document, the interior. If you want to get a better cover made, you can switch that out. If you want to change the description or the price, you can switch that out, and it seems silly, but yep. uh, yeah, so, so that part of it delayed me having a book for two or three years, and then even there were, there were times when, like, I remember when I went to go and fill in the form to put a book online, I stopped at 
they, they asked about an ISBN number. And what did I do? I was completely stopped in my tracks. I went and scrambled and researched, and that delayed me another year or two just because of one little thing on a form held me back. And it seems silly, but it happens over and over. We let the tiniest yeah. little pebble in the row, the tiniest detail get in our way, yep. and we don't realize that yep. a lot of these things are editable or reversible, so just get it out there and make it better later. Yeah, and you, you know, uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing a little bit later this year, and this is advice that you gave me, uh, you know, Robert, you may be familiar with uh, what we call the Morning Adam Project, which was a blog I created um, in the summer of 2016. And I've said this, uh, that blog had no customer avatar, it had no conversion goal in mind. Basically, I just needed a place to rant about stuff that grinded my gears. And I committed to doing that for three months so that I could see trends in what I was creating, because that would give clues as to what I was passionate about and where I wanted to go with my business. Uh, about 50% of the Groundhog book is adaptations of some of those articles, but there's still so many articles sitting out on that thing that at some point I'm going to revive the blog, but in a different format because I just pretty much wrote everything I had to say. Uh, but there's still several other smaller books out there. I mean, we have the uh, the series on uh, you know civility and debating politics. I think there's another one on uh, – I think there's actually something on membership sites or something like that where there are five or six articles that can form a series. And your recommendation was you could take those five or six or seven articles and make those into Kindle books, put them up for 99 cents. And if you sell 50 of them, then you got 50 bucks to do your blog post, basically. Oh, yeah. And and what are you really out making that? Like a little bit of money paying in Fiverr to have someone clean it up or have someone to make a cover, uh, you know, maybe a few right. hours of your own time of figuring it out and, and uploading it, but yeah, and then it's it's on there forever, and I mean, even after your death, right? I mean, hopefully uh, both of us will be around for many, many decades in the future, but if you think about it, you know, right. after you sort of kick the bucket, well, your websites are going to go away, your companies are going to go away, but those books on Amazon, those will outlive you, so I mean, it just take those couple of hours to, to get it online, and so um, yeah, that and so that system that I we alluded to a little bit of creating a book, not only in a day, but from idea to publish in 12 hours and even faster than that, but the, the meat of the book, the content in one hour, and we're talking not even starting with, with any uh, existing material. If you have existing material, you can make the book even better. But, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I have uh, this method and my best success with it, and I'm holding the book in my hands that I uh, created with it called The Checklist Mindset. And so one morning I had an idea for a book, woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning and went to the computer for about 30, 40 minutes, uh, figured out the outline, left and took a walk, came back, spoke it out, uh, submitted it to who I needed to submit to, took a walk, uh, came back, finished a few things up, and then by around 12 noon it was sent off to Amazon, both Kindle for the digital version and create space for the physical version. And then they, they both of those things were approved at about 6 p.m. that night. So 6 a.m. had an yeah. idea, took a few focused steps to get it in place by 6 p.m. totally online. And I mean, I don't know about you, but that's pretty dang encouraging to me. It, 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 it is. Now, Amazon tells you that whenever you submit something to create space or Kindle, to give up to 72 hours, and sometimes with the create space, they can take up to 24 hours to approve it, um, even though it uh, complies with all the things when you put it through the editor. But here's the way I look at that. If you start at 6 in the morning, and by 6 p.m. you have it submitted to create space in Kindle, 
your book is still done. You're just waiting for somebody to give you the thumbs up, which you'll get within a day. Uh, so that's like having a published book in a day, 24 hours, whereas, uh, whereas other folks may be taking three years to get a book done, whereas you have yours done in a day. Now, um, I, uh, I, I'd like to break that down a little bit further, that process, and just go through it a little bit slower in a moment, but I wanted to give our listeners just a little bit of perspective about your mindset. Uh, you know, Robert, uh, you, know, you, you and I are friends, and we chat all the time, and I know that uh, you know, you'd had a um, a girlfriend for a very long time, and basically you woke up one morning and decided to get married, and by that afternoon you were husband and wife. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got that exactly right. I think it was maybe yes. 7 in the morning I had the idea, and we were married by 4 p.m. that afternoon. Yeah, so uh, I know, and I know you wrote a long post about this, but just because I want our listeners to understand your mindset and how you create success, uh, just walk us through that a little bit, how we go from – uh, you know, I've been with my girlfriend for a long time. I love her. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. To rather than go through the whole process of engagement and everything else, within nine hours of deciding, hey, you know what? I think I'd like to get married. Your husband and wife. Like, how did that? How did it all play out? I mean, the the biggest part, the biggest uh, part on my end was just making the decision. And so it right. was just one of those things where there there was absolutely I mean it sounds a little bad but there was there was no I guess motivation there there was nothing like you know she she it wasn't like she was pregnant or it's not like anything huge had happened I just woke up and I just it was just something that I wanted to do there was there was no real reasoning behind it I just I just wanted to do it and uh, and so my, my thinking that morning was you know I could invent in my head all these reasons to shoot this idea down, right? I, t I could tell myself that we need right. time to plan it out or I need to, you know, uh, we need to go and do it some other place or we need to invite all these people. And my thinking was just, you know, why fuss about the details? There are only a handful of things that we need to make this happen. And so why not just do it? So then I just thought in my head, okay, well, you know, what are the, what are the handful of steps are the handful of milestones that we need to go through. Because, yeah, I guess milestone is a better way to put it because a lot of people think about steps in terms of like, well, there's like 40 things I need to do for the wedding. And I was thinking in my head, like, what are like the four or five things that are most important? That way I could keep it straight in my head. So first I, I asked her and she said yes, and we went out to breakfast. And then we thought about, okay, well, we'd never neither of us been married before, so we were kind of figuring out what we needed to do. We're like, well, we need to get the – uh, you know, the, the paperwork aspect of that done. We need to get like our, our wedding clothes. We need to figure out a venue. We need to invite some people. And then we just need to show up and do it. So then we, we thought about those like four or five things, but then we're like, well, we can't do them all at once. And some things need to be done before others. So then we thought, okay, well, nothing can happen until we get the piece of paper. And then we thought we were like, okay, well then where is that? Where do we need to go for that? And what are the hours that, that those things are open? And so we both worked together, and we had a rough idea of the steps involved. But for but once we kind of had that plan in place, and we knew like what needed to come before other things, then we just focused on all right. We need to you know we need to do this. We need to do this, and just knocked out those things one at a time, and just uh, got it all figured out. Yeah, and and see that, and that's the thing about you know, the mindset and how you look at the steps that are necessary because some folks may be listening to this and they may be thinking, well, well, if I'm going to get married, I have to go shop for a ring, I have to formally propose, and we have to go through the planning process and send invitations. 
uh, whereas you, you focused on something else. What do we need to do to get married? Uh, you know, Robert, you may remember um, I was on another show about two months ago, uh, Marketing, and Mer- Marketing and Merlot with Lindsay and Lindsay, and I was the guest expert, and you were chatting in on that. You remember that? Yeah, I don't think I stayed the whole time, but I remember that. You were there. You were there for the good part, where we were talking about, um, you know, dating and courtship rituals, and uh, and somebody made the comments of, well, you know, if you want to get to know somebody or get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, you have to ask them out, then you have to buy them dinner, and then before you kiss them, you have to do this or that or other. And I said, no, you don't. You don't have to buy somebody dinner before you kiss them. And uh, the hosts were a little bit shocked by that. Like, what do you mean by that? And See, that, that's the thing. When you think of courtship and, and dating and all that, uh, we're taught there's this process that you have to follow. You have to ask the person out. You have to take them to this kind of dinner, and you, have to, and you have to go dancing. You have to go for the romantic walk, and then you can kiss them, and then you have to wait three days before you call them and all that. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I, uh, I, I've had two girlfriends where we became a couple before we actually went out on a date, uh, but that's because – we weren't thinking of the idea of a traditional date where, you know, you have a sit-down dinner and all that. What we would do is we would do experiences, like we would go hiking or we would go for a walk or we would, uh, or, you know, we would uh, you know, maybe go to a museum or something like that, which is different from what people think of as a date. And, uh, and it's, you know, and in many cases this began where we met up at a Starbucks or something. We ended up in a conversation that just went for 12 hours before we – you know, and we just realized we really clicked. I mean, and, uh, you know, I didn't really see the need to say, hey, let's go to the Olive Garden before I kiss you. you. You know, that's really where I was coming from with all that is when we, you know, go into rituals, sometimes we pull out checklists, and the checklists tend to slow things down that don't need to be slowed down. That was my whole point. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely. The The checklist, the template, it's good to give you an idea, but, I mean, don't let it trap you in like you use it as a guide don't don't let the template use you exactly so what i'd like to do now is get back to this and just go through in a little bit more detail because one of the things that i know really piques interest for our listeners is how do we um how do we write a book in a day you went through it pretty quickly but uh let's break it down a little bit more step by step because you also mentioned the part of how you can start in the morning to create a book but you don't even have your content ready yet, if I heard that correctly. So how do we how do we do this? All right. So the the secret to this is that you outline the book in a certain way, so that way it ends up being concise. That way you pack everything in, and that way it, that you yourself are excited to create this really amazing, action-packed but short book. So you outline it in a certain way, and then you speak it out in these little pieces and then get it transcribed, and then clean up the transcript. So that way you don't have to let yourself get slowed down by a ghostwriter or by, uh, you, you know, by you typing it or things like that. Because, I mean, right. I don't know about you, but, but uh, in college I saw person after person, if I was, like, working with someone and they were writing a term paper, I'd see so much of, like, someone would type half of a sentence and then back it up and type half a sentence and back it up. And next uh-huh. thing you know, it took them – it took them 10 sentences just to write one sentence. So we don't want to write our book like uh-huh. that. We'll never, we'll never get it done that way even in a, in a week or in a month that way. So, uh, so that the, the first thing about this is that you need to speak out your book, get it transcribed, then clean up the transcript. So that way at least it's 
done in a, a timely fashion. And so in order to do that, you need to have, like, like we're kind of mentioning here, you need to have a checklist or a template in place, knowing that you, know, you could break it, but if you want to get this book done fast, then you go through the, the system to get the outline set up uh, the right way in the first place. And so, uh, so let me just kind of, I guess, walk you through what was going through my head that morning. So I, uh, I noticed that I, uh, well, okay, like the sort of the mass market entry point for a lot of myself, like we mentioned, you know, backup creator and WordPress, uh, the average person probably doesn't even know what WordPress is, right? So my mass market book material is productivity, is how to use these different tools like Gmail and Google Drive and Zapier and things like that in order to uh, automate better. So that way, if people are looking to uh, amp up their productivity or use some of these online software tools, then at least that is a way for the, the mass market to find me. And so I thought to myself, well, what's this book going to be about? And I didn't want to just hit the record button and start talking because, as you know, there's so many problems with that, right? If you go into it without a plan, it's easy to say, like, I'm running out of material. I'm saying too much over here, too much over there. I'm rambling, going off on a tangent. So then you end up with this huge mess to clean up. So instead, uh, I, I listed out the topics that I wanted to have in, in this book. So I did a little bit of research and I looked up, you know, the I kind of cracked open the table of contents on a few other books and looked at what they went into. And I was listing for myself, I was like, well, you know, I want to have a chapter on Gmail. I want to have a chapter talking about this uh, thing called Google Docs where people can have like a, a Word document in a web browser. I want to have a chapter about Google Sheets. I want to have a chapter about Google Drive. So I was just listing all these different, you could call them chapters or you could call them topics, and they eventually will be chapters, but it kind of helps to, to not really think in terms of chapters just yet. So I listed out these different things, and I ended and uh, in order to make sure that I knew exactly what I was listing, I listed each of these things as a question. So I, so I, I wrote out, well, uh, you know, what is Gmail and why should I use it instead of Outlook or some other mail client? What is uh, Google Documents and how do I use it to, to crank out uh, a report or a book? So I, I listed these things as questions, these different topics, and I told myself that I needed 10 topics. So, I list, so even though right. we're not going to have 10 chapters in the book, we list more than we actually need. So we list out these 10 right. topics, and, uh, and then once those 10 questions are listed out, then we cross out three of them. And we say, I told myself that I needed to list out 10 things, but we're going to trim a little bit of the fat, and we're going to cross it out so that way we're left with seven. And, and, that, and it becomes sort of painful, right, to list out all these juicy topics you want to talk about and then have to remove a few but it's better to have that than to have a few topics, a few chapters that you just threw it through in there just because. So as part of this process here, I, I looked at the chapters that I had written out and I realized, well, I have these chapters on, you know, Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Drive, and I, you know, I need to rem I need to cut some of these. So then I, I combined these, and I think uh, and that list of like I think I uh, I threw out one or two, and so that way you end up with the really weak chapters that you listed out can go, but then the ones that that are not strong enough to stand on their own, but still should be in your book, now you end up combining these. So now you have these really uh, action-packed chapters. And then I looked at that list. So we wrote out seven different topics, or sorry, wrote out 10 uh -huh. different topics. 
rephrased, reworded them as questions, crossed them out so there's only seven left, and then rearranged them in somewhat of a logical format, and then and that uh, gave us the beginnings of a of a book outline. So is this making sense so far? That's making dollars and cents. Awesome, nickels and dimes and thousand dollar bills and everything. So then, uh, so then what we do is we have this list of seven questions, and what we want to do then is to break it out, to split it up into four parts. And I'm sure you've heard this acronym, uh, WWHW. Have you heard of this? Uh, tell us about it. It stands for why, what, how to, what if. And so every okay. uh, e – e I mean, even sales letters follow this format, right? Because if you just go and you start talking about something, then without a clear beginning or an ending, it's like, well, what, what are you talking about? And different, like, different people are motivated by different things. So what you do is you – instead of just saying – I'm going to list out the, uh, the chapter on Gmail. I'm going to split it up into the, the why section, the what section, the how to section, and the what if section. So instead of saying, well, I'm going to have the chapter on Gmail, I'll say, why use Gmail compared to the other alternatives? What is Gmail, and what are the terms, the definitions about it that you need to know? Now that you have that set up, What's the how-to, the step-by-step -step of using Gmail? And then finally, now that we got that out of the way, then what are the extra possibilities? Now that you figured out Gmail, now you can have all your mail in, in one place. And, and then how does that transition into the next chapter, which in our case was Google Drive, Google Docs, Google Sheets, all combined in, um, in one chapter. And so by breaking down this into why, what, how, to, what if, then now it's like it, it, the book almost writes itself. You have a much more detailed outline, and there are those uh, those readers out there, and some pe there's like a certain percentage of the population whose brains are wired to be the why people, right? They don't really care how it's done. They just want to know like why is it important. Some people are still somewhat beginners, and they might not be ready to jump in on all the advanced features of, say, Gmail or WordPress, but they want to know what it is. Some people do. Some people want to get that step by step, and other people say, "Okay, now just give me like, give me the next step." So why, what, how to, what if? And so what we do is so just to to recap for everyone. At this point, we have seven chapters in our upcoming book, and then each of those seven seven chapters are split up into WWHW, why, what, how to, what if. So if one of my chapters in there was WordPress, same exact thing. We say, why should I use WordPress? What is WordPress and what do I need to know about it? How do I set up WordPress or do a few simple uh, beginner WordPress activities? And then now that I use WordPress, what's the what if? What's the next uh, step there? So we have this outline here. And the goal, as because now that we have the outline, we need to speak it out. The goal is to talk for each of those subsections for just two minutes each. So that sounds pretty reasonable, right? To talk about yep. what is WordPress for for two minutes. It's hard to keep it down to two minutes. And uh, and so as we speak it out, it might you know might go to four minutes or six minutes, which is totally okay. But guess what? Now you'll have a 35-page book, not a 30-page book. But we have just these all each of these subsections. We, we plan to speak it out for two minutes apiece, so two minutes on the why do I use WordPress section, two minutes on the what is WordPress section, two minutes on the how to WordPress section, and that might go a little longer, two minutes on the what if section. And so each of these seven chapters we have is uh, ideally eight minutes long. 
So eight minutes on the chapter about Gmail, eight minutes on the chapter about WordPress times seven, eight times seven is 56 minutes. So this way, if you, if you want to bang out a book in an hour, you get this thing outlined in this way that we've, uh, we've explained ahead of time. And then you can notch, knock it out in 56 minutes. And if you're pressed for time, just do one chapter at a time or do one some section at a time. You know, if there's a commercial break or time in between meetings or something, just knock out one chapter of your book and get it spoken out. So that way you, you, you don't fall into that trap of let me just hit the record button and see where things go. And it just ends up being a, a mess of a book. This way you have a right. book that has all the things that you want to have in there. It's there's it's a lot of things are kind of crammed in their action packed because you started with 10, narrowed it down to seven. You thought about it a little yes. bit by, you know, re rearranging the pieces and then you broke it down into WWHW. So that way there's it's almost impossible to get hung up. It's almost impossible to fail or get that writer's block in there. You just uh, go through it. Yeah. And, and see, that's a great system right there. And you know what I was thinking about is. Uh, for those who followed the uh, the launch of my Groundhog Day book, uh, about 10 days before the book went live, I put, late at night I posted this 12-minute video on my Facebook page where I, where I displayed a Word document and I walked through the table of contents. Now, yeah, I wanted people to get excited about the book. I wanted to show them what was going to be in it and attract people who were interested who would follow my launch and become part of my launch team. That was the conscious goal. And the public goal, but the other thing was, is I still had to do like most of the introduction chapter of the book, and I had to do the little blurbs at the beginning of each of my chapters. So I used that video. Basically, what I was doing is I was speaking out the pieces I still needed for the book, so I could have them transcribed. Because I didn't want to sit there and stare at blank word documents or pull this out of my head. Um, I was thinking right there. I know I want to say it's in my mind right now. Let's get it onto recording. Get over my transcriber. In the meantime, let's use it for some marketing. Heck yeah! I mean, whatever gets it done. And what's great about that? What's great about speaking it and then getting it transcribed is your voice really shows up in there. And like you know, there's some people where you'll read their writing or read their emails, and you can't help but hear their voice in there. And so, for some people, it's more than others. But if you speak it out and get it transcribed, like it, it's so, sort of a spooky thing, but your voice is somehow captured in the words. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, so now we do, we've done this formula, and I know we have to speed things up a little bit because time is really flying here. We still have to talk about podcasting. So basically you get this, this book done following the formula that you just shared, and everybody subscribe to iTunes, get this downloaded. Uh, basically at this point, now you just need to format it uh, and get it so that it goes up on CreateSpace and Amazon Kindle. Now, I know that you have to format a document two different ways, I believe. One's for CreateSpace and one's for Kindle. At least that was my experience because Kindle uh, can be viewed differently than what you're going to put in CreateSpace. Uh, and then there's a matter of getting a, a cover done. But uh, you know, if you're writing the chapters in a few hours, I can't imagine that's going to stop you. Right. I mean, that would be silly, right? If I spent, if I made the book in a day and then spent an hour getting the cover made. And so, so yeah, so we get this thing recorded in audio format, send it off for a transcription. I use rev.com. It comes back uh, usually the same day, especially if it's an hour or just under an hour. And then there might be a little bit of cleanup to do, like, you know, run spell check, take out the ums if there are any things like that. But for the most part, just make a quick pass at it. And, yeah, so then you have basically a Word document in front of you, 
and then you you know go ahead and you uh, you format the the headings and add the page numbers and add the table of contents. And for some reason, uh, and, I, and I think so when I uh, and then when I went to go and submit it to Amazon, I I use the same uh, document for both things. Like when I submit to Kindle, I upload the Word document, and somehow their software removes the the page numbers and everything. And then when I put it on yep. CreateSpace, then I saved it as a PDF. That way, it it captured the headers and the footers and the page numbers and all those things. And then I went over to Fiverr and just you know searched for book cover. And then found a couple of good ones, and I think I, I think I usually hire like two or three at at five or ten bucks a piece, and I just pay the lowest amount of money for each one. And then if if a design comes back that I like, then I can pay that extra to get the high resolution, get the layered stuff for later on. But yeah, Fiverr yep. for the the book cover, use the same book cover for Kindle and CreateSpace because when you go in and submit it to CreateSpace, there's one of the the cover templates. That they provide it's it's in one of the last pages, but uh, but so with CreateSpace you can they either say well you can use one of our existing uh, templates for the cover and they all look like garbage, or you can figure out the book cover yourself and try to do all these measurements, which is also not a good solution. But the secret for CreateSpace is you go to their cover creator and you page through to almost the last page, and they have a special template where the front of the cover. You can just use, you know, the same thing you use for Kindle. You just use like the uh, the rectangular square thing, and then they give you areas to type in the text for the back and for the spine. So that way you have the best of both worlds, right? That way you have your cake and eat it too. That way you just get that cover made on Fiverr. You go to CreateSpace, choose their template, and you put your front cover in there, and then they're just a placeholder to add in the text. So that way. You don't have to fall into some of these traps that people uh, usually fall into. And then um, I mentioned earlier about like that ISBN number. I just go with the one where where they own it, where it's free because that gets the job done. And then and then yeah, and then it's just a matter of filling in the form. And and uh, Amazon just wants to know things like what category is it in, what's the title, what are you going to have for the quick blurb for the description, what's the price, and then that just. Uh, that just gets it on there, and so um, so yeah. There's no reason to make it any more complicated than it has to be. So to get it on Kindle, uh, you pretty much just need you know the that fiber cover, that Word document from your transcript that you formatted, and then a little bit of a description. And then on CreateSpace, same thing. But the trick: use their template. That way, you can use your own flat cover for the front, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And you know, one other. Uh, tactic that uh, kind of goes along with what you're saying is when I created the Groundhog book, this is my very first time publishing a book, so uh, 303 page international Amazon bestseller I pulled together in two weeks basically. Uh, I went through the hassles, the challenges, and the joys of creating Word documents that are optimized for Kindle and for CreateSpace. Uh, so I figured out how to make all my you know, my chapter headers work and my subheaders and my and my dividers and everything else, uh, you know, and assign them to those Microsoft Word styles so it'll be consistent throughout the entire document. So when I do future books, guess what I'm going to be doing? It's called Save As, so that I don't have to go through that formatting again. It's already done. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, any time that I need to make a PDF document, PowerPoint slides, 
whatever it is. I mean, even uh, when I create software, I mean, I never start anything from scratch. At the very least, I take the, the old book or the old template, gut out the middle, and then fill it back in. I mean, it makes way more sense than starting from scratch. Yeah, because that stuff is a pain in the butt. But once you get it programmed, so you use the Microsoft Word uh, styles thing, so it tells all your chapter titles to be a certain thing, all your sections to have a certain header, your, your body text to all be a certain font and everything else, then uh, you have master control over the entire design of the document. And when you render your PDF for CreateSpace or you do your save as to make the Kindle version, um, it's pretty much already in place, and all you have to do is really – upload at that point oh yeah yeah so uh yeah so really uh, i know there's a lot more to it and i know we need to keep moving here but uh, that i think what's going to be helpful to our listeners especially is the creative process and how you went through and you created the seven sections and the formula you used uh to generate this content very quickly uh to create a book that you can literally have Loaded to Kindle, loaded to CreateSpace, and you know, as we discussed, although Amazon tells you you can take up to 72 hours to get them approved, your experience has generally been, and my experience personally has generally been, that it goes a lot faster than that. So you could start this morning and be a published author by this evening. As far as the ISBN, I know that you know, CreateSpace gives you one, and if you want to have your own, then you can just go to Boker and buy uh, a batch of 10 of them for like, 250 bucks. I mean, that's what I did just because I wanted to have my own. But even that takes uh, five minutes max. Yeah, don't don't let something silly like that uh, hold you up. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And once the book is in place, I mean, there, there are always new things that you, you could add to it, but I think it's important to have that book published. That way you can send people to it. You can look at it. You can get your own copy, hold it in your hands, and that alone – will be super motivating and reassuring because you, you made something out of thin air. And, I mean, uh, the, yep. the book that I, I put together, I'm looking at it right now, I think it's uh, 64 pages once I did the margins and sized it down to the, the, the book size. And, I mean, I want to go back, uh, but it's one of those things where I, I've been wanting to go back for the last year or so and add in uh, another chapter or two, add in some pictures, and then I want to add in like how some books do where at the end of every chapter it says, well, we just explained this to see it done in video format, go and sign up for this free membership site. And that's another like nice to have where for the last year or so I've been wanting to go, to, to go back and do it. And just the fact that I haven't gotten around to it in the past year means that if I had made that a requirement for my book of having pictures and having links in there, then I would have been without this book for the past year. So it's a good thing that I kept it simple and just put out that first iteration, knowing that I can go back at any time and beef it up. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, and you, all, you can always do second editions. You can always do another book. I mean, the sky's the limit. So we have about uh, 10 minutes left here before we turn over the floor to you for just a moment. Uh, let's talk about podcasting. Uh, demystify it for us. How do you create a podcast? And let me ask the follow-up question. How the heck does a person create so much content they can publish a podcast every single day? All right. Well, the nerdy technical answer for podcasting is, you. I mean, there there are platforms out there like you can uh, you can publish a podcast like right on Blog Talk Radio or like a Libsyn. But the way that I like to do it is step one, create a WordPress blog or use one if you already have a blog to begin with. Step number two, you right. install a special plugin called PowerPress, 
which adds extra things to your blog posts called tags. Uh, basically says that, well, here's a blog post, but it also has this accompanying audio file, this MP3 file. So step one is you set up WordPress. Step two is you set up, add this plugin called PowerPress. And then step three is yep. you record some kind of an audio episode. So like at the top of the hour, we said that it would be really easy for you to just plan for five minutes and talk about yourself, talk about your businesses, talk about why you got started, talk about maybe even something that you see wrong happening in your marketplace, and then end by sending people back, mention your URL, mention your website. And when you have that, so that step three there, I guess, would be you have that recording, and then step four, you get that recording online somehow. I prefer to use a podcast hosting service called Libsyn. It's $7 a month. Yep. And then, uh, and so th then what you do is you go back to your WordPress blog post and you say, this blog post I just made, it might be blank as far as the words, or it might have these things called show notes, but here is the MP3 audio file that accompanies that. And so even if you have this blog, and even, there's, even if there's only one special post like that, that is still the first episode of your podcast. And so this PowerPress plugin gives you what's called a special podcast feed, and then you take that special URL and you submit it to Apple iTunes. That's the big one, Apple Podcasts. You submit it to yep. the Google Play Store. You submit it to Stitcher. You submit it to some of these podcasting directories. And then just like we discussed with Amazon, it takes them a day or two to approve you. But once you're approved, then what that means is that Apple will hit your website about every 12 hours and see if you've posted any new audio episodes. That means if someone comes and finds your, your website, they can play those audio episodes right there in the browser, or they might search you on iTunes and, uh, and subscribe on, on their phone. So that way they can listen to you while they're out driving or walking, exercising. They can subscribe to you. So that way when you post new podcast content, then it automatically downloads and adds it to uh, their playlist. So that's the technical side of things, how to get it set up. And then you ask, well, how to right. crank out all the content? Well, uh, the first 100 episodes of my podcast were mostly just me, where if I had some kind of uh, an idea, I would, I, I would speak stuff out. I usually planned for 20 minutes, but some episodes ended up being 40 minutes, 60 minutes. And I started off by just you know, keeping it simple and not having much of a plan. I didn't have things scripted out. I had a, a few ideas. And for that, I usually have about three topics in mind. And then within that, three subtopics. So basically nine things to talk about. So again, if, if you think about it, if you're doing a 20-minute show, you only have time to talk about each thing for about like you know two minutes each, and then you plug your URL so it's impossible to get stuck along the way. So I recorded those first 100 episodes myself, but I noticed that I was running out of things to talk about, or sometimes I talk about the same things. And so that led to bringing on guests for the show. And it turns out that podcasting is exploding these days and tons of people out there want to be on podcasts. And some people out there, just that's all they do for their business all day long, every day. They just show up on podcasts. And what you do is, uh, so you have to manage all this, right? Because you say like, okay, I need to get all these different people on the phone and record an episode. So what you do is I use an online scheduler called Calendly. And I think, don't you use like Schedule Once or Meet Me or something? Yeah, I use Schedule Once. I mean, you know, Schedule Once, okay. Time Trade, they're all good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they all pretty much do the same thing, right? Don't let the, the decision-making right. of that paralyze you. And so the concept of this online scheduler is that you set 
office hours, basically. You say, you know, my open hours are, say, from every Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in my time zone, and then people can schedule these one-hour blocks. So that way you can you contact people and you say, you know, I noticed that you were a guest on Adam Homie's Business Creators Radio Show podcast, and I saw you were talking about this subject. Do you want to be on, on my podcast? Here's the link to my show so you can see how we do it. And then if you accept, here's a link to this online scheduler. That way you can choose a time slot. So then they click on that link. They figure out, okay, well, I want to get scheduled for three weeks from today. I want to grab the 12 p.m. noon time slot. And then, uh, and then they submit their bio, their picture, and then their contact information. So what I like to do and I know that you met, you said that you like to use the conference line before. I like to use Skype, so that way I get their Skype information. I call them on Skype when the allotted time happens. It puts the appointment on my own Google Calendar as well, so that way I don't I don't miss it. I call them. I have their information already. I have their bio ready to go, and then I just use Camtasia Recorder to capture the Skype conversation, and I use Camtasia to to edit it and add the silly music as well. And so that just ends up having the getting the pipeline full, right? I get all these interviews lined up, right. all these recordings, and then just uh, batch it together. And every time I have you know five or ten of those ready to go, get them all edited, get them all uploaded, get them all scheduled ahead of time in that WordPress blog. So that way I can be a few weeks or a few months ahead, and then the episodes just kind of drop out. They, they drip on the WordPress end of things. They show up in iTunes. So the, the pipeline's full there, and there's all these guests who are basically making the rounds of promoting their book, promoting their site, uh, or whatever, and so they just write the content for me. It's awesome. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, uh, that's one of the reasons that I love the Business Creators Radio Show that I've been doing for four and a half years is, and, and, our, and our listeners know this, if you've been following for a while, I went through a period where... I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my business or my life or anything like that. And, and in some ways, it almost felt like I was going through the motions. We've discussed this on other episodes. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I was stuck in my own groundhog loop for a while, which is one of the reasons I wrote the book. And even through that time, the Business Creators Radio Show was, it, you know, for a while, it was actually my primary marketing vehicle. But it was so easy to do, and I could keep doing it even if my focus wasn't 100%. Because all I had to do was find awesome guests that my audience would love and interview them. And I had consistent yeah. content, contact every week, and I was still getting leads and still getting clients because people come to me and say, hey, I, I've been listening to your business creators radio show. I like what you have to say, and, uh, and uh, how do I get on your schedule? It, it's that simple. Yeah, and there's so many great benefits that we don't, we don't have time to unpack as far as this podcasting stuff, but some new people will – listen to your show because of a guest you had on. The guests themselves will promote the episode that they were on where they otherwise wouldn't have promoted your show. You end up getting in front of people and, and you can have a little bit of a chat with people that you who otherwise might not have given you the time of day, but because you're helping them, now they can take the time out for 20 or 30 minutes or in your case, 60 minutes to, to chat with you. And as you get more and more of these guests, it becomes easier to get uh, more high-profile guests, and so it's just a win-win for everybody, and there's all these extra benefits. Not only is it great for you to fill content, but you end up with all these extra relationships. I mean, imagine if you were about to go to 
uh, a conference, even if it's a conference of people that you knew, what if you looked up all the speakers of that conference, looked up as many attendees as you knew were attending that, and just get them all on the calendar ahead of the event and interview them all ahead of time. By the time you show up at that event, you'll be Mr. Popular because they all know you. So there's all kinds of just crazy benefits to this podcasting stuff. Right. That's very, that's very true. And, um, and I, I remember two other pieces of advice you've given over the years. I've been following you doing this for a while. One of which is, is it only has to be like five minutes if that's all you have. And in terms of naming your podcast, uh, you know, I came up with Business Creators Radio Show because I already had the Business Creators Institute, and I wanted continuity between my between my marketing pieces. But I remember you gave this advice years ago. Just name the podcast after yourself and come up with another name later if you want to. Yeah, exactly. Call it the Adam Homie Show, or you know, even if you hadn't, uh, if, if even if you hadn't landed on the Business Creators brand, or if you didn't want to use your own name, I mean, you could have called it the. Um, like the Groundhog's Day marketing show, or just name it after one of your books even, right? Don't overthink it. You can always rename it. Right, exactly. And you can do multiple podcasts. So if you want to have, like, different topics of podcasts, I see people do that more and more as well. So uh, we are actually right near the top of the hour. And, uh, you know, Robert, I understand that uh, before we go here, you have a little something for our listeners. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to share that now. I imagine that there's at least a few people on the edge of their seats uh, wanting to take this to the next level. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to listen into my podcast, that's at marketeroftheday.com. Uh, if you want to check out the book that I made in a day that talks about Gmail and getting organized and being productive, that is at checklistmindset.com. If you want a podcast created, you can check out our course at podcastcrusher.com and if you uh, want to get access to that formula we discussed about getting a book made in a day, that is over there at makeaproduct.com. So there's a few choices for you there. But at the very least, please go to marketeroftheday.com and listen to a few of our excellent episodes. We're going to have uh, you on there soon, Mr. Adam. And, uh, and yeah, that's my yeah. daily podcast where we have all kinds of guest experts from all kinds of different topics or something for everyone. It's a lot of fun. So marketeroftheday.com. Right, absolutely, marketeroftheday.com. So if there's one final piece of advice, something you want to ring in our listeners' ears as they go forward with this, what would, what would you want to say to them right now? Four daily tasks is that it's easy to, to trick your brain and think that you're getting more done than you are, but uh, the, the one thing that's always worked for me is to decide on just four things that I'm going to do that day. And, and this means – that one of those four tasks is a quick gimme, is a quick 15-minute task like post a social media or broadcast an email. The other three activities are about 40-minute tasks. But a lot of people out there, they're not productive because they, let, they don't have a good system. They let weeks or even longer amounts of time go by, and they're not consistent. So the, the, the way that I've found to be consistent is to just do four things every day in that, that time sequence that you mentioned there. That way you're not doing – 50 little things that aren't important. That way you're not just chipping away on one task that never quite seems to get done. Just do four things every day, and that will almost guarantee that you make consistent progress in your business. I like that. So for everybody listening, uh, Robert Plank, thank you very much for being with us today. It has been an honor and an education. Heck, yeah, right back at you. I hope that people listening get so excited that at the very least they'll have have a – 
hole punched in the wall that didn't have when they began listening to our episode. So you're very welcome for that hole you punched <laughs> in the wall. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So thanks again. Uh, this is Adam Homie, uh, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.